It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, the show that helps you take your next wise step in your financial life as well as your next wise step in 2017 in your finances. And that's actually what we're talking about today. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host and one of the advisors on the show. We've got Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory with me as always in the MNC studio, as well as special guest via satellite all the way from West Michigan. Yeah, West Michigan, Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. Today we're going to be talking about goals, not resolutions. And so to help us do that, I thought who would be the best person to help us do that? That'd have to be Brian Bosley. So Brian is a goal setting and goal achievement expert, but his formal title is performance coach. And he's going to help us all with setting the right goals for 2017 and figure out maybe how to do that and then what steps we can take to achieve them. Yeah, and and financial goals, one of the most important components for overall financial success. So excited to get into that. As always, folks, the Wise Money Show is your show. So if you want to influence the content, want to ask us a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com. Or if you're driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Wise Money Radio, to see blog posts, question of the week, all that sort of stuff. So, Brian, uh, we are excited to have you on the show. And to kick things off, want to let Kevin introduce you. Yeah, I met Brian. Uh, the first time I met him was on the rugby pitch at Central Michigan University. He drove up in this uh, strapping, uh, curly-haired fella, bounded out of his car, and uh, <laughs> was looking for a little butt to kick. And uh, he proceeded to do that for uh, the four years that I knew him. We ended up becoming roommates, and we both studied finance uh, at Central Machine University. And when I graduated, I came to South Bend to work at Camp Raybird. And I did the summer of 1993. And then when I left Camp Raybird, I was in between and I, I knew I needed to do something. I went to a meatpacking plant and I'm uh, doing that. And I called my good friend Brian and I said, Brian, what should I do with my life? And he said, Hey, I'm a financial advisor for American Express we're a lot alike. You'd be great at doing this. And it's really fun. And so I, so I pursued that, and it was much harder than I could have ever imagined. Um, but it's, it's uh, uh, Brian's given me lots of great advice. That was a, a, a piece of it. So Brian, uh, to me, is more of a, of a brother, and we've hunted together and cool. played rugby and uh, lived together. But I have most enjoyed about Brian is his uh, his sense of wonder and his depth of inquiry. He is a curious man and he's a he's a lifelong learner and it's been really a, a great journey. I, I know we don't want this intro to go on and on and on but uh, Brian I've been excited to talk to you again because about 15 years ago or almost 16 years ago Kevin hires me into into his firm that he had started and teaches me everything he knows. And about three months later, when he had run out of things to teach me, 
um, he brought Brian in as kind of a formal trainer. And uh-huh. so I got to spend a few months with Brian, getting to know him. And uh, w- what a delightful person. I'm, I'm excited to be hearing from you, Brian. And uh, uh, ho- hopefully uh, exposing all of our listeners to some of the great thinking that you've been developing over the years here. Well, Josh, I'll tell you, I remember those days fondly as well. So it's good to talk to you again. You know, and, and, and Kevin, what a great intro as well. This is a gentleman I love very much. I've known him for many years. He was a little inaccurate, however, in a couple of statements, I guess. I, I guess when I did pull up to the rugby pitch, I was strapping with curly hair. Uh, <laughs> those two things no, no longer would uh, describe my attributes <laughs> as I'm bald and not as quite as strapping as I was then. So, but yeah, you know, Kevin and I, are, we uh, played rugby together, and then uh, I went on to American Express as a financial advisor, I believe in 1991, and I left there in 96 to start towards consulting. Uh, one of the things, uh, like you, gentlemen, I was an advisor, but unlike you, gentlemen, I was not a very good advisor. Um, in the sense <laughs> that I wasn't good with the, 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 the financial part of it. Uh, you guys are obviously very good and uh, experts at it. What I found I was blessed with the ability is just to, to teach leadership, to teach sales, to teach performance, um, and help people through changes in, uh, in uh, setting goals and getting through the goals and achieving those. So I started towards consulting uh, 20 years ago, this past November 20th, just on those premises. So thanks for having me here today. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Awesome. We're glad to have you with us. So, okay, we're going to focus. So you've, you've got a broad spectrum, but we're going to focus today on goals, Brian. So tell me, okay. it's this time of year. People are talking about New Year's resolutions. Tomorrow, they'll start them, and they'll be done with them by 5, 5 p.m., or at least that's the record in my house. Is there a difference between a goal and a resolution? Yes, you just said it. Mike, I think the, the key is the resolution starts January 1st and ends January 20, or January 2nd, where <laughs> a goal, a true goal, endures. And, you know, I always use the example of you know, how many people are going to get up January 1st who haven't exercised, who haven't uh, eaten well, who haven't uh, you know, taken care of their bodies over the past 20 years are going to get up and say, I'm going to get, tomorrow I'm going to run five miles. I'm going to go to the gym for two hours. I'm going to come home and do yoga for an hour. A lot of people do that. They want this big, explosive, exponential growth in their achievement and their goal achievement. So they get up the next morning. They look outside. Oh, it's cold. It's 15 degrees. We're in the Midwest. They go outside. They try to do it. They might even get, do it for a day or two, and then we all know what happens within a few days, sometimes less than that. They crash and burn. They're sore. Their ego is broken. Their confidence is down, so they just quit their goals. Where I think a resolution is more of a, it's a mindset. It's something that a person ha- commits to, and they look at it realistically. They say, you know, in the example I used before, they don't get up and say, I'm going to work out for five hours. They say, I haven't worked out in 20 years. I haven't eaten right. I've been eating fast food. I'm overweight. I'm slow. They say, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to walk around my block one time. And I'm going to do that for a week. And if that goes well, the next week I'm going to go two times around the block. If that goes well, the third week I'm going to go three. And they build themselves through the aggregation of marginal gains. They do take little steps, little progress every day, and all of a sudden they get these large exponential gains down the road. And by that time, they're so habituated to this new process that it's part of their life. So I think that's the difference, is goals endure because people take them. If they're done right, it's strategic and it's consistent, where a resolution is just, hey, I'm going to go up there tomorrow, I'm going to work out for five hours, and it, normally they just don't last. So I think that's the primary difference. All right, well, I think you just described what I had planned for uh, tomorrow, so maybe I need to rethink this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you I, I can't eat nachos number, with so me. Call. That's right. <laughs> I was going to go for a jog and cross-country ski and work out. But, uh, so so what, what would be the process that someone should go through 
when when we're ready to set a goal for 2017, what's the first step? How how do they get into it and do it right, Brian? Well, there's a process. I'm going to use a big uh, term. I don't know where they came up with it. It was determined by social science and neuroscientists called MCII, which stands for Mental Contrasting with Implementation Intention. Let's just call it MCII for uh, for us lay people. Uh, here's what it comes down to. There are four steps to actually realistically achieving a goal. And in 20, 20 years of coaching, this is by far the most effective I've seen. Well, number one, set the goal, whatever that is. And what I recommend is set two to three goals, you know, that are important to various parts of your life. Make sure they're a jugular goal, a goal that would help other areas as well, uh, potentially. But that's the first step, which is an obvious one. But the second step is one of the steps that most people don't do, and that is emotionalize the goal. Because we have this, still have this primal brain back there in our brainstem that says that, uh, you know, we want to know why we're achieving something. We want to know why we're doing this. So emotionalize, emotionalizing the goal means simply, uh, you know, what would be the benefit to you? It's one year from now. You've lost 35 pounds. You know, you're running four miles a day. You have more energy to spend with your kids. Now, emotionalize that. What does that do for your life? Write it down. What is the big benefit to me hitting this goal? Write that down in as much detail, as much emotion as possible, but literally write it down. That's the second step. But the third, there are four steps. The third step is then to look at it and say, okay, I've got to, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. That's my goal. What are some obstacles I'm going to face? Uh, we have holidays coming up. You know, we're going to eat a lot of food. Um, I'm going to be traveling in, in uh, June. I'm going to want to, on, a, on a cruise. I'm going to want to eat then. You know, I'm going to, it's going to be cold in January, February, March. It's going to be hard to get up out of, out, of, out of bed in the morning to go work out. So list all of the goals that you potentially might meet in that time frame of your goal, in this case a year. Write those down. And the fourth step is to have a contingency plan. So look at it and say, okay, I've got these potential obstacles I might face. When I see those obstacles coming up or when I'm actually facing one right now, what is my contingency plan? What is my backup? How do I get around that obstacle? Because so often we have a goal set. Let's say, again, going back to the person trying to lose weight, it comes June, you look at the, uh, the, uh, the uh, scales and you say, my goodness, not only have I not lost weight, I've gained two pounds. And by the time you notice that, you've already hit all those obstacles you know, in the last three or four months, and you just didn't notice it. So by looking forward and saying, okay, this could be an obstacle, you are, you're projecting and you start to look for those obstacles, and then you have a backup plan to get through those. So, so already the goal, emotionalizing it, setting the obstacles, and then the backup plans are your four steps. Already applicable stuff. We've got more with Brian Bosley coming up, as well as tying it into finances here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hope you're ready to have a safe and fun New Year's. Uh, my name's Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the studio. We've got performance coach Brian Bosley on the line with us. We're talking about goals and how to achieve those goals, as well as we're going to turn the table to financial goals in just a moment. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's show. Listen, if you have a question or a comment or anything else, go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right. It goes directly to me. It's an email that goes to me. I'll put it on an upcoming show. If you're driving, give us a call, 574 Two 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 thousand. 
All right, so let's get back to it. Brian Bosley is on the line with us. He's from West Michigan, but he's a performance coach and coaches folks all over the countryside. So even though he's on the line, if you're listening in Michiana and need a performance coach, he can help you. Um, so we're just breaking down some simple stuff about goal achievement and so on. And Brian mentioned the MCII process, kind of four-step program to starting a goal. And Brian, as a performance coach, I mean, tell me, what are you kind of walking through with your clients right now? What's that experience? How are you applying that with the folks that you serve right now? Well, Mike, um, the, the MCII is, is is our starting point right now. In fact, usually from November 1st till January 15th, that's a primary focus for me. And every client that's calling, every new referral, every new a person coming in the door is asking, hey, what can I do to be more successful with my goals in 2000, in this case, 2017? So the first thing we do is we do start with the MCII process. And we take a week or two and we have them write out those four steps in detail as much as possible so they can really internalize it. From there, one of the things we do is we happen to develop what we call an A-team or an accountability team. So what we do is I would have every one of my clients right now are taking and choosing four to five different individuals, preferably not somebody they report to like a vice president or a boss in their company, but a friend, a coworker around the country or in their office. Uh, a spouse, a, a mother, father, mother or father, uncle, aunt, someone they trust and someone who has credibility in their eyes. And every Friday, my clients are instructed to email those four or five individuals saying, here's what I commit to doing toward my goal in the next seven days. Oh, my goodness. And then the following Friday, they do the same thing. They give them a report. Here's what I did. And here's what I'm going to do the next uh, seven days. But just holds them more accountable. So those are some of the things we're working on right now. That's pretty fabulous advice. I, I was thinking back on... The, the most successful goals that I think I've ever set were fairly public. Mm. And, uh, you know, there, there is some built-in accountability when other people know what you're trying to accomplish and, you, you know, you don't want to fail in front of others if you can avoid it. But uh, also, I, I'm thinking back to uh, getting out of debt early on in, in my marriage. We posted it. We, we had written financial goals, and we posted it on the refrigerator so we could watch the balance shrink over time. And so there's, there's some kind of self-accountability or um, just kind of keeping these goals type, top of mind. And I would think that, I mean, good grief, if you're sending uh, an email every single week to this accountability team that you're describing, uh, it, it would serve that function well, uh, same, pretty same, fabulously. Same thing with a financial advisor. I mean, one of the things that we work with all of our clients on is their financial goals and basically hold them accountable to that. Basically, we're on the same side of the table, arm around them saying, let's go, let's go get it, and uh, helping holding them accountable for that. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you, Brian, and I'm thinking about the power of written financial goals and written life goals as well. And Brian, you're talking about having the A team and and somewhere where people are holding you accountable to the things that you say you want to be doing. And these are, um, for folks who've been practicing these types of things for years, it just seems like falling off a log. And of course you would do this. Of course you'd have people that that, uh, care about you and support you and you'd tell them what you're trying to accomplish and let them support and encourage you. but what would you tell to someone who's listening to this today and says, hey, I've, I've never had a written goal. I don't even know how I would start to develop uh, an A-team. 
Well, I think with the with the written with the with the ATM itself, it's just I would start off right away with my my significant other. That's one person that if you have one that's someone you trust who has credibility in your eyes. I would also go right away to maybe parents or brothers and sisters. You know, look at your your web of of people of influence and uh, credibility in your in your circle, and just start very very small and say, okay, who are the next? You know, who's the closest one? Then who's the next closest one? You know, and if you're looking at four or five people, I would try to include three uh, personal and two professional uh, friends. You know, somebody who really understands your industry or maybe somebody who has a business, a business owner or a salesperson or a doctor, maybe not in your industry, but you respect them as, an, as a business person and they do know their stuff. So that's how I would choose those. Don't go too far out with people you don't know because, quite frankly, we don't care if we, if we, um, <laughs> if we let those people down. <laughs> so, <laughs> stick with the people that we care about and we love and that who love us. So... I think that's the, the key. And I think the thing you hit on a minute ago, too, is um, I, I believe it was Josh. Was it Josh that mentioned putting the, the, the get goal on the refrigerator? Right. Okay. You know, I think that that's very key is the visibility of a goal. You know, so often, I remember back in the day, uh, we would do goals. And when I was a financial advisor, we would do a personal goal. They'd go on a, on a binder and they'd go up on the shelf to the next year. We'd pull them back out. One of the uh, success stories of recent for one of my clients is that he's a CEO of a company actually here in Michigan, and he has a difficult time praising his employees, or he had, and he was a very strong-willed, very determined executive. So one of the things I taught him is uh, the five growth uh, growth mindset praises that we teach a lot of executives and leaders. And what he so he wrote a goal that this this was his goal this year was to do so many growth mindset praises to his, to his team, and he carried it on his placard that he wore, wore around his neck. You know his. Uh, his uh, name tag and everything, and he had it uh, shellacked or you know, underneath the plastic on the other side of it. So every day, he, when he put it on, he looked at it and read it. So that visibility, having it written down, but the visibility is also extremely important. Visiting it, you know, for me, I visit my goals. A lot of people do it once a day, uh, depends on how complex and intricate they are. Yeah, that, so that's, you're making the case for having it written down. Uh, another, yeah, tip no is, doubt. another tip is make it your password to log into your computer. Lose thirty yeah. pounds, or spend more quality time with my wife. I don't know. Would that be? Would that defy the character limits? <laughs> I don't know. But have it, have it exposed. Put it on a sticky note and put it on the back of your cell phone case, something like that. But write it down. We see that all the time with finances. Uh, let me ask you this: How do you know if it's a good goal or not? We've talked about the SMART acronym. Um, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. I think those—that's what they stand for. But how do you know if it's a if it's a good goal? Well, I think the, the, the you know making the specific and measurable and achievable, realistic and, 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 and timely and things like that that's obviously a very important part of every goal. Uh, but I think it's to to fulfill it, to make it sure it's the right goal. It has to match with your value system. I know it's a very cliched statement, but I guess to put it differently, at the end of that goal time frame, and whether it's a year or three months or whatever it might be, is to make sure when you once you achieve that goal, it has improved you as a human being. You know, primarily, you know, a lot of people have goals of a certain thing and then they get done with it and they're like, eh, really didn't have any impact on my life. So it has to be something that re- truly fits into your value system that at the end of that time frame, you can look back and say, you know what, I'm extremely happy with where I am right now because I achieved that goal. So I think that's the, that, that's an extremely important element that it has to uh, you know, fill in, uh, fit into your value system very well. So I know it's cliche, but that's a very uh, uh, broad statement, but incredibly important. Yeah, 
You know, that actually reminds me of uh, one of the best books I ever read uh, was called 48 Days to the Work You Love. And it's written by Dan Miller, I believe. And I, I loved it partially because I was sitting on a beach when I read it. Uh, but secondly, it was one of the first books um, that really kind of challenged me to set goals to help build the right balance in life. So, so my question for you, Brian, would be, you know, as you're coaching people, do you coach them to set goals in specific areas of their life or does it primarily focus on their work or professional life, their health? Uh, You know, how do we set goals in the right areas? What I try to do is look at the five key areas, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, financial, and physical. Uh, because in my, in my uh, opinion, it's kind of like we're juggling all five of those, of those attributes or those, those needs at all times. And if we, if we drop one of them out, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to pick it up, and all of a sudden we drop three or two or three other ones. So having all five of those blended and balanced is incredibly important. And, and one of the, there were times when I was really – struggling with this term balance because balance to me means equal time on each one of those categories. And and, and a client of mine actually taught me about 15 years ago. She said, you know, the better term is blend. They should blend Mm. together. Like you're putting a a stew together, you know, it shouldn't be 25% of your carrots over here in this pile side of the, of the bowl and 25% of your, your beef is on this side. It's blending them all together. So they have this, you know, this incredibly tasty uh, aroma. So that's, I think having those five areas, moving together congruently is incredibly important. We're going to talk about financial goals here coming up with Brian Bosley and the rest of us at Corn Financial Group here in just a minute. Wise Money with Corn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name is Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the MNC studio. And joining us on the phone, Brian Bosley, performance coach from the West Michigan area. We're talking about financial goals or just goals in general and about to turn it to finances Quick thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the team of Inspired Realtors at REMAX 100 for partnering with us on today's show. If you have a comment, question, or anything else, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call, 574-222-2000. So, as I mentioned, we are joined by special guest Brian Bosley. He's a performance coach from the West Michigan area, helping individuals and small businesses reach beyond their limits to their full potential. Part of that process is setting goals. And listen... I want to ask, what's the secret sauce? Say you've set a goal. How do you go about making sure you achieve that goal? Well, I guess the best way to answer that is to, to start with a Chinese proverb that I think is very apropos here, and that is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Uh-huh. And what I, I mean like by that. that is one of the things that happens so often, if you can go through the MCII process that we mentioned in the past segment, uh, you know, you having the accountability team is, is incredibly important to help you hold yourself accountable. And also having an outside coach like myself or a mentor or somebody you trust to have them giving you some ideas and advice, um, holding you account more on a more personal level can be is extremely powerful. But another one is don't be discouraged. Like I said, if you, the, you, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but if, if something happened, 
then plant one tomorrow, plant one today. A lot of times we get to this point halfway through the year and we're, you know, we have these big audacious goals and then all of a sudden we're not quite there, uh, you know, and we're behind schedule or maybe we are even behind where we started from. And we just instantly become discouraged. And we say, okay, I'll start over again January 1st, 2018. So now we have a whole six months of gaining weight or, or not saving money or whatever it might be. It's restart, recalibrate, and start right now. It's always okay to begin again at any time. So that oftentimes will stop the, the, the discouragement. For myself, you know, if I'm lifting weights and I stop for two or three weeks or a couple of months, all of a sudden I can't go back to what I was, you know, two months ago. So it's easy to say, I can't do that. I'll be so sore and hurting. So just, you know, I go back sometimes and just do half of what I used to do. Do that for a few weeks. And then to build it up, you know, little by little, little progress every single day. So I think that's the key is to fight off discouragement and start over if you have to. Oh, that's so critical in someone's finances with their financial goals. This is why I've joked before on the show, if you've uh, heard me say it, it's the most common phrase heard in our office, spoken in our office is, oh, I should have come in here a long time ago. And that's nothing special to what we're doing. It's just, yep, yeah, someone admitted, I should have taken my financial life seriously a long time ago. So going back to that proverb, well, there's nothing that stops you from starting today. And, and Josh, to take a quote that you've said, you're one great decision away from your financial life spiraling upward, right? So that's that's very, very appropriate. Great advice, Brian. So I want to turn to financial goals. So say you're listening, you've been motivated by Brian here in the discussion. Say, yes, it's New Year's Eve. Forget those resolutions. I'm going with goals and I need a great financial goal. Uh, we want to give you a, a few ideas, um, but be, but first, Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot first, but, but hang on. So Brian, how often when you're talking to folks about uh, reaching their performance, um, you know, limit or, or reaching their full potential, how much are finances brought up? Just, just curious here. Every single time. Yeah. Uh, you Not know, surprised. When I'm, when I'm quoting the investment they're going to put into it, it comes up every single time. Yeah. What am I going to get for this? What's my return? Mm -hmm. So you're talking exactly. about, yeah, all the time. So, okay. So let's, let's sprinkle through here. What are some good financial goals? Well, you know, th this one does not apply to everybody, but one of my favorite things to help uh, clients with is getting ready to start a family or relocate to a new area, some sort of major change in their life, because it's really a whole package of goals that often come with that. Mm. And, it, you know, thinking in terms of starting a family, often that requires that people get a budget in place. You know, make sure that they have strong controls in place for how the money coming into the household is going to be spent. Because guess what? You know, having another human being in the house is going to mean your expenses are going up. And you need to have stronger uh, control where the money's going. You also need to have a better emergency fund in place. Mm -hmm. That's a goal that some people kind of skip over because it's not much fun yeah. to just accumulate dollars in a, in a safe place. And then an, another one that is not real popular, but it can make such a huge impact on your ability to achieve other goals is to eliminate consumer debt out of your financial life. Eliminate those monthly payments that you are obligated to make to other things so that you can free up dollars that can actually go towards the things that are more inspiring in your life. And I'm hearing that accountability that coach that Brian was talking about. If you've got a if you've got a building up cash goal or a paying down debt goal, pretty difficult to do that on your own. What's the right strategy? What's the accountability? And so a great uh, certified financial planner can help you with that. Kevin, what's a, uh, what's a good financial goal? If someone's listening, thinking, okay, I'm committed to goals. 
but I'm lacking a little creativity. What should I be pursuing for next year? Well, Josh mentioned um, helping someone if they're getting ready to start a family or uh, moving, and that that really requires a whole new set of goals, a, a whole new structure, if you will. I I really enjoy the folks that are coming in that are five or ten or fifteen years out from retirement, and a lot of times it's event driven. So the you know they've paid the last college bill, or um, something happens, and they say, okay, now we're ready to really set our sights on uh, retirement. And I I try to encourage them to think along the lines of financial independence, but that really requires. A, a com- almost a complete overhaul or a reset and say, okay, what do you need to do between now and retirement? And and when will you know? So based on where you are, are you on pace? Are you ahead? Are you behind? So really determining that and then saying, okay, on a year by year basis, what are our goals? So think we're laying out a, a, a roadmap here and putting some mile markers out there. So we know a year from now, did we hit the, did we hit goal? Are we on plan? Are we on pace? Mm-hmm. Are we ahead? Are we behind? And you continue to make adjustments and and fine fine tune. So really, the retirement plan is the engine, and as, the, as you go along, you're you're fine tuning the carburetor to make certain progress. So I think, um, especially towards the end of the year, when people have time to do maybe some vacation, uh, and a lot of times that ends up being a staycation. So you're hanging out around the house. Instead of going to Amazon Prime and saying, "Hey, what are the what are the thirteen things that I wish I had, and I'm going to have them in two days," say, "No, I'm going to sit down and come up with a, a, a grand vision for what I want to do, and then I'm going to come up with some steps that will allow me to start moving in that direction." And if you need some creativity some assistance with that. Go seek out your certified financial planner. We, of course, are happy to help. So, uh, Brian, before we let you go, I want to give you just an, a quick platform opportunity, a quick minute to just wrap it up. And, and and so if someone's listening and they've got a goal in mind or something, what's the first step to helping them achieve that goal in 2017? What's your wrap-up? What's the action item you want them to take away? Email Brian Bosley at brian at torchsuccess.com. <laughs> I was going to give you that uh, that chance, Brian. Come on, I was going to ask. How to... <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I think it's going back to the prior segment, and I really believe fully and, and wholeheartedly in the MCII process. Take an hour or two on a Friday afternoon or on a Saturday and write, sit down and, and walk through those four steps. That is an incredibly important uh, um, uh, you know, first initial step to, to, to do that to go through the achievement process. And then number two is, in fact, find a group of people who can help you hold yourself accountable. That is the missing link so often times to help you, you know, continue to plow forward. And then number three is make sure that when you do it, as I mentioned, I know I'm being redundant, but it's worthy of being redu- of redundancy, I believe, it's, is make sure that you don't go into this and put everything you have at one time into it because you're going to get discouraged more than likely. Make little progress every single day. Focus on progress, not perfection. Um, when you get discouraged, recalibrate. Start over again. And you know, go, go back to the, the Chinese proverb. And, and I think the, the other thing is to track it. Make sure that you're tracking what you do. If your goal is to walk around the block tomorrow, you know, check off on a calendar that you did it. The next day, if it's a walk twice on the block, check it off so that you can visually see the progress you're making. Just like when you're saving money and investing, when you start to see the portfolio grow, that seems to count grow, it's, it builds momentum and motivation. This visual tracking of you hitting your, achieving your uh, goal every day, 
is extremely powerful. All right. So how do people get a hold of you again? Uh, Brian at TorchSuccess.com. That's Brian with an I. All right. Hey, it's been great having you on the program. This won't be the last time. I see this kind of being an annual thing where we're talking about goals this time of year. So thank you so much, Brian. And we've got much, much more coming here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks, and happy New Year's Eve. Thanks for listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3 Michigan's News Channel. Mike, Kevin, Josh in the MNC studio, we just said thank you and goodbye to Brian Bosley, a performance coach from Grand Rapids, Michigan, helping us all get better at building goals and achieving goals. So thanks for that, Brian. If you have a question, give us a call, 574-222-2000 or go to wisemoneyradio.com. Lastly, check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. Uh, we are going to be picking up with a question from Jeremy from Mishawaka, but just wanted to give a moment to summarize action items or just summarize the discussion. Kevin, uh, you know, financial goals, goal setting, goal achievement, how would you summarize the first component of the show today? Well, I think it's important, Mike, that people have written goals. And Brian talked about the idea of spending an hour or two writing down their financial goals. I think it's astounding to me that most people spend more time planning their vacations than they do uh, writing out and mapping out their goals and what they want to achieve in their life. Last week, we had Justin on talking about leadership and about living intentionally. I mean, that's, yep. so that's what goal writing down goals is all about. And this is such a great time to actually just go, if you're, if you're sitting down right now or you're standing or if you've got your phone or whatever, go black out two hours right now. Set an appointment with yourself, make a date with yourself, make a date with your spouse, make a date with someone who cares about you and can help you uh, buy them breakfast, do something, but sit down and take action, get writing. And I think some of the things, and there's a lot of things that were mentioned, but the idea of small incremental gains are really important. Yeah, that was huge. And I think you want to be really satisfied with those. Um, Part of the goal setting, goal achievement process is knowing yourself. And every time I set a new goal and I go about trying to achieve it, I learn something about myself. Sometimes I learn things that I didn't really want to know, or I'm reminded of things that aren't really pleasing (laughs) about myself. And so I say, okay, I, I need to find a way to work around and work through this. And really that, that ties into your habits. But lastly, I would say the, the idea of throwing off discouragement yeah. and it's so easy to uh, say, Hey, I want to do this and get started. You get derailed and then it's, it, it can be really tough to get right back on track. And so I would say, make sure you got your support team in place. Brian called that your a team, your accountability team, but make sure you have those folks in place. And, um, and, and so that will give you the greatest chance 
of feeling good about how 2017 went a year from today. Yeah, that's great stuff. Thanks again, Brian, for being with us. Okay, we're listening. Uh, we're going to listener questions. First one is Jeremy. He's 37 from Mishawaka. I'm just getting started signing up for my 401k for next year and wondering how much to contribute and what to invest in. Thanks for your help. Simple question, a lot of layers. Yeah, it sure is. Well, and I'm I'm glad that he's asking the question at age 37 instead of 47 yeah. or 57, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, as a fellow 37-year-old, <laughs> uh, I can also imagine that there's a laundry list of other things competing for these dollars that could be going into your 401k. And um, obviously, we don't know enough about what you've already started accumulating for retirement. Um, if, if you're you know, getting out of the blocks right now for the very first time, or if maybe you're um, just beginning with a new new employer. But um, if you haven't already wiped out your consumer debt, then I would encourage you to maybe do a bare minimum into the 401k enough to get all of the employer match if there is one with uh, your work. If there's money on the table that your employer is offering, then take advantage of that. But get your debt wiped out so you can free up bigger dollars to go towards this goal. Because for most people, they need to be accumulating somewhere between 10 and 15% of their paycheck for this long-term retirement goal. So that's a, that's a long, uh, it's a large amount of money to be uh, accumulating. But the, the maybe more important advice is to figure out what is the precise amount that you need to be saving for the goal to be achievable and through your budgeting process, you can verify what is affordable. So that's, that's wise advice. I'm going to give you different advice, though. Because, Jeremy, I would still say you're young enough to just deal with it. Okay? So here's what I would tell you. 15% in the 401k, live on what's left. And if you've got debt you've got to pay down or savings you've got to uh, build up, figure that out within the money that you take home. But start with 15%. Get used to living on that and feeling like that. That's some of the best advice I got from Kevin when I first started. My first job out of college was Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin said, start with 15% and you'll just, you know, you'll just learn to live within that. So, I, I, Jeremy, you're young enough where I'd give you that advice. As far as how, what to invest in, if you're just getting started, you got to contribute to a diversified mix. Most people like looking at, well, what's done the best recently? We're going to be talking next week about how the market did and what your expectations were for last year and um, and what to look forward to in 2017. People have weird expectations within their investments thinking, well, my investments always need to achieve the highest. No, a diversified balanced portfolio is going to be average. It won't ever be the highest, but the point is it won't ever be the lowest either. So that might be a target date fund or something like that. And last thing, Jeremy, I tell you to do, since you're young enough still, consider doing the Roth component of the 401k instead of the pre-tax. Yeah. And I would, I might not totally agree with everything Mike said. That's the fun thing about working together. Okay. Is, next is, question. Is that we, <laughs> 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 we were all artists, but I, I would agree. I would lean towards saying, Hey, look, the, the, what I need to do is I need to live on less than I make and save the difference. That's a guiding principle, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your income level is, anything like that. So Jeremy, I like the idea of saying, okay, it's, it's 15%. If you're, if your company matches 4% and you want to do 11, that gets you to 15%. Um, if you can go to 15% and you get that extra four, uh, that's even better. I would tell you, Jeremy, as a 37 year old, 
lots of people are wondering, well, you know, what should I invest in? And now that we are going to have a new president, how is that going to change things? And I would tell you, it's not going to change things. The best way to accumulate wealth is systematically over time, and you're doing that by using a 401k. It's a fabulous tool to accumulate wealth and help you achieve your financial goals. And I would go out a limb on a limb to say, um, Jeremy, you need to be a lot closer to 100% stocks or 100% equity uh, than you do on the fixed account, yep. because the you know the, the the fixed account is good if you've got short-term goals. But at 37, you're going to be working for another 30 years, Jeremy. Yeah, retirement is a long-term goal. That's that's good yeah. advice. Hey, uh, next question comes from Ashley from South Bend. I'm getting some dental work done in January and don't have dental insurance. Ah, that bites. Ding ding. Wow. I have an HSA that I'm contributing to, but <laughs> I won't have enough money in my HSA by the time I have the work done. Should I take the rest of the money out of savings or should I take on debt? Great question. Well, certainly don't take on debt. You're not going to hear us say, uh, go borrow money for, for that work, if you can, especially if you have the savings there. Yeah, care credit, though, is something that a lot of people look to when they're having some medical expenses coming up. They, they look at the care credit. So, But I would agree. Fundamentally, as a principle, yeah, I would encourage you not to take on debt. So lots of folks listening are saying, Mike, what's care credit? It's just a type of credit card, right? That's that's there for um, a lot of dental offices offer it. Yeah, yep. Basically, hosp- pay pay installments on uh, you know the work that you had done because a lot of times, I mean, these are big ticket items. It's it's a major expense that people don't have the dollars accumulated for. And to it sounds like Ashley maybe has the money accumulated. It's just not in the HSA yet. Right. And the thing I would point out is that there are two ways to get money into an HSA. Sounds like Ashley is using uh, her paycheck to fund it slowly throughout the year. And she's saying, hey, I don't have enough time to get it built up to the right size. So the, the thing I would point out is that you can take savings dollars or other bank account dollars and shift them into your health savings account in one chunk or in, yeah. in large uh, installments. And the the difference is just simply you don't get the write-off on your W-2 at the end of the year like you would out of your paycheck. Instead, you take the write-off on the front page of your tax return. I think that's a great strategy, Josh, uh, filling your HSA and using that for dental work. Here's the other good news. Starting January 1, between January 1 and April, you can choose when you want that deduction to take place. You can contribute to the HSA and have it help you on your 16 taxes or your 17. So, hey folks, I want to wish you a happy new year. Be safe on the roads today, whatever you're doing. Have fun. We will see you next week here for Wise Money with Cohorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.